It's time to have lunch and talk sports. The Jeff Dantzler Show on the Superstations. Welcome to the Jeff Dantzler Show. I'm Bill Shank sitting in for Jeff Dantzler here on this Tuesday. We are broadcasting live from Tommy's Bakery and Cafe, 5580 Thomason Road here in Macon. Jeff is on assignment for UGA baseball, of course, as the dogs will be playing uh, in Georgia State today at 3 o'clock. We will be broadcasting that game on tape delay tonight at 7. So we will um, have uh, the game with Jeff and David Johnston after my show this afternoon where we'll be broadcasting live from your pie. But we are here at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe on Thomason Road in Macon, Georgia with the great Tommy Sadler. How you doing, cowboy? I'm doing good, What's brother. What's up? What's going on? Well, you know, just uh, another uh, another day in paradise. Another day in Living paradise. Living a dream one nightmare at a time. To- <laughs> Tommy, Tommy has been out delivering caterings, which is a good reason for us to bring up that anybody out there in the middle of Georgia area yep. that needs a lunch catered or even a breakfast, breakfast catered. Breakfast lunch, snack, absolutely. bar mitzvah, Don't- birthday. <laughs> Funeral. Funeral. We'll do anything. Yeah, we'll do it all. <laughs> uh, call Tommy uh, at uh, 621-4153. Mm-hmm. I'm reading that backwards. That's pretty yeah, that, pretty good, isn't impressed. it? <laughs> I bet Jeff couldn't have done that. <laughs> no, no way. Like Dancer would have been lost with that. <laughs> Did you notice my drive throughs back up? Your drive through is back up. I wanted to mention up. that. That's yes, great. It is back up. So folks can come by and uh, ring the bell and yeah. get waited on, and, and that's great. Well, if you don't know about Tommy's Bakery and Cafe, where the heck you've been, but we need to let everybody know, number one, Tommy has great donuts, outstanding pastries, and different types of bakery items. That's why it's called Tommy's Bakery uh, and Cafe. The cafe part, of course, with breakfast, and you're open Monday through Saturday. Monday through Tuesday sa- through Tuesday Saturday. Tuesday through Saturday. I was going to ask why I paused. 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Till 2 o'clock. Tuesday through Saturday. 6.30 until 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. but you can come get breakfast. You can come and, of course, get lunch. I am uh, being delivered right now. Thank you so very much. Uh, my chicken salad plate with a little chicken salad on top of my lettuce with some ranch. It sure looks healthy. Oh, it looks good. I'm trying, Tom. Can we go get you some croutons no. to put on there? No, no croutons. Did you get your shanks donut? No, yet? no. And, look, um, here's the deal. I've had, like, three people this morning since I said I was going to do the show from here say i'm gonna come get a shanks donut so you may have some people walking in the door here i can make one in no time the the shanks donut is a chocolate glazed donut it's a a glazed donut sliced sliced open cream cheese in the middle chocolate on top and i want to tell you you know how like when you catch your dog and you catch your dog's spot and his leg goes crazy. You eat this donut, your leg will go crazy. You'll and you've got to scratch your belly. That's, that's, that's right. It is so, so good. And uh, matter of fact, I've got a friend who's probably not listening, whose birthday's today. Oh. And I'm going what to. A birthday present. I, I'm, I'm going to let you get him. A, and, and someone else wants one of those Shanks donuts. So I'm gonna, when I leave, I'm going to let you uh, get, put me a Shanks donut in, in a box. And uh, take it to him. I don't know if he'll make his next birthday after yeah, he eats that yeah, one. Yeah. But, oh, my God, it is so, so good. So, Tommy has great food. He also has 
uh, casseroles that you can come and, of course, take them home and heat them and eat them. That's all you got to do. It's very easy, even for some ding dong like me, to go and take them home. And what all you got in there now, you know? Chicken uh, Devon, Devan? Chicken Devan, poppy seed chicken, might uh, be some lasagna and baked spaghetti in there. There's different ones in there. Poppy put, seed chicken is outstanding. Mm, I put some shepherd pie in there last night. That's great. That's awesome. That's yeah, always good. Yeah. And if you need squash casserole. Yeah, I, I can make that. Oh, my God. It's so good. But Tommy's just got great food. You know me. I'm not going to bad restaurants. And Tom's uh, a great friend, and we've been uh, doing the show from here for, or the afternoon show from here for a long time. And Jeff, <laughs> Jeff is so jealous that he does a show in Athens, mm-hmm. and he hears these commercials for you. And it's like, he, he, I told him, I said, you're going to have to come, just spend the week, you can stay at my house. And just go to all the restaurants, yeah. do the show from all the restaurants. You can be on my show in the afternoons. We'll go do the show from the restaurants. And you'll understand why I can't lose any damn weight. Maybe we need to do the truck show one evening. Oh. How about that? That was would that be good. a good time or what? That was a good we time. We hit a lot of restaurants that evening. Yeah, that was a good show. If we that did, we'd have to take Skipper. I hope not. I hope not. No, but Jeff, Jeff uh, is uh, on assignment, so uh, he'll be back on Thursday. I've got to sit in for him again tomorrow, and we'll be at McCall's Sandwich Shop in Warner Robins, oh, another one of our great our great uh, restaurant sponsors. We love Ken and, and McCall's Sandwich Shop. Uh, like uh, Tommy's Place here in Macon, a great place to eat lunch uh, in Warner Robins. So, uh, yeah, we, we are just glad to be here, and... You know what? I don't know if you heard yesterday. Uh, Tommy's a, or, or I'm stopping. Tommy's a big Florida State fan. For all of you who do not know, I don't know if you heard me yesterday with Brent Beard, but we were talking about the fact that uh, there was a, a response in the lawsuit on Friday, where the ACC kind negotiate. of hinted around negotiate baby. that it's coming. It's coming. And, and you know, Florida State, uh, for those of you who don't know, have, has sued to get the heck out of the ACC. And so um, I think we all assumed that it was going to work out because why would the ACC want someone in there that doesn't want right. to be in there, although the money is obviously the hang-up. Right. And um, now Brent said, Brent being in Jacksonville right there, you know, to the to the east of Tallahassee, everybody in Tallahassee tells him that Florida State wants to go to the Big Ten. Is that what you're hearing? That's pretty much the consensus of, of most fans and all. We would, you know, why? I don't care. Um, why do you think they that people want to go to the to the Big Ten instead of the SEC? You know, I think it's uh, just the being able to go to more of those spots other than just. We play a lot of the SEC teams. I mean, yeah. you know, in bowl games and things like that. But to go into Big Ten and go to Michigan and Ohio well, Florida State, State now, fans travel that well to oh, yeah. going up Florida there. State, yeah, Florida State fans travel okay. well, and and that's what it's all about. They want to travel to some of these other places. But wouldn't y'all rather have like a, a semi-regular game in Athens I would. or 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 I would Tuscaloosa? Personally, personally, if I had to pick, I would probably pick SEC. I, I'm just amazed yeah. by that. I'm really surprised that but the, most fans want to go to the Big really? Ten, and the money's better in the Big Ten. Are for you some sure? Reason. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I don't I know. The SEC money's pretty good, but yeah. but we don't know. However, because the, the 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 I think the interesting part about this lawsuit, and um, one of the writers was discussing this yesterday, is this is what's going to kick 
realignment into another it's gear. Going, it's fixing to change football again. But, you know, my, my biggest question that I, I can't really figure out is, all right, let's say FSU has to give the ACC $200 million. Then let's say Virginia, North Carolina, Clemson, Miami. Who are all just waiting to see Absolutely. what happens. No question. But if they follow mm-hmm. and they also have to give a certain amount of money to the ACC, the hell is the ACC going to do with it money. if they don't have any Man. members left, though? Right? Isn't yeah, that kind of weird? Know. I mean, can, can they take that money and offer it to other teams that may want to come in? I mean, because they've already added the California teams, and that's dumb as ever. And there's, what, two more out there that's not in a league? I mean, that, that would be my guess. They would just form another. But it'd be, it'd be a G5 school or conference. Group of five. Group of five conference. Yeah. There's no way to be. be a power. It'd have to be. Yeah. It'd have no to way. be. Because if Florida State gets out, Clemson's gone. Yeah. North Carolina's gone. Yeah. Those three's gone Virginia. For sure. Virginia, Virginia will Because Virginia's Virginia got the Tech market. may follow. If Virginia's go, then I think Virginia Tech yep. will follow, too. And I, w- I would be surprised if Miami stuck around. I would, too. And Miami's market, while it's a TV market that's, that's large, it's not a great – of course, fan base because it's such a small school. I mean, but it's it a great is a fan recruiting. Base. Oh, no honey question. Hole. So if you if you, I, I, but and then you take into account, and, and I know I kind of go around and around with this conversation, but it's very interesting to me. You take into account that the Big Ten and the SEC have said they're going to partnership in a in a almost a group that can discuss the future of college football. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that means, all right, we're going to have a group of people that can discuss ways of which we go as this unfolds. So, can they come to a consensus on, okay, you take Florida State Big Ten, but we're going to take Miami. You know, I'm, I'm, wondering, I'm curious about that. I could see even that, that committee eventually replacing the playoff committee. Well, I think. I mean, that's going to be some power. No question, but yeah. it, because, and but to me, Tommy, the big question is: after that were to happen, is the Big Twelve is caught in the middle, mm-hmm. and if the Big Twelve doesn't jump on board with the Big Ten and the SEC, the train's going to leave the station oh, yeah. for them, yeah. and they may slide back. They have. I don't think they have any choice but to try to move into a some type of agreement with. I don't know why the Big 12 commissioner is not knocking down the doors of the SEC and the Big 10 commissioners today. Do you? No. Do, do you see it eventually becoming like the NFL where there's just an AFC and an NFC? Just more teams? Well, I, I think. I mean, it seems like it's headed that way. To me, the Big 10, SEC, and the Big 12 ought to have like 50 members. And then you say, all right, the top 12 or 16 or whatever you want to do, from those, instead of a power five, it's yeah. a power three. Pac 12's dead, ACC's dying. But then let the ACC fall back into that group of five. And of course, I don't know how this can happen because there's no, there's no commissioner, there's nobody in charge. But to me, I would rather for a Wake Forest or an NC State, well, NC State may jump too, but those, mm-hmm. and I, unfortunately, Georgia Tech's in that group, the lower leveled college football teams in the ACC to play against the other group of five conferences like the like the Conference USA right. and others because then they could have a chance to win a championship and be a lot more legitimate and realistic compared to being in the power three this or power true. five. You know, so I don't 
I, I, I'm just, um, and that's a lot to try to unfold, but it starts with the FSU lawsuit, doesn't it? Whatever, whatever Florida State does, that's going to set the tone. So if they have to fork over $200 million to the ACC, what does that do to Florida State's financial situation? Oh, they got it. Florida State's got plenty of money. They got plenty they got of money. Plenty of money. Plenty of money. And then if they recoup part of that going into the Big Ten or the SEC, it won't matter as much. It won't matter. Because the biggest thing is to try to get those rights. The, the unbelievable thing about the grant of rights deal with the ACC is, let's just say they gave the ACC the middle finger and walked away, they would forego the money for their television contract through 2036, I believe mm-hmm. it is. 36. And – it's a lot of lost revenue. Well, you know, and the the word negotiation was never even mentioned until they brought up the Swafford deal. That's right. With his son. Yeah. Then all of a sudden ACC's uh, tickering yeah. with the let's negotiate this deal. Well, and, and I, I think it would be in the best interest of the ACC as well because, again, as I said to start the conversation, mm-hmm. why would you want someone in your conference that doesn't want to be there? Because that's their lifeblood. They're trying to hold on. Oh, I know. But it's but over. It's over with. It's over. That marriage is over with. No, that's over. That I don't think – I think – I mean, we could see 2024 being the last year there in the ACC. I think it will be. You know, and and I, I, uh, but I'm I'm still shocked by FSU fans, not you, but uh, other FSU fans wanting the Big Ten over, over the SEC. That's still surprising to me. But I understand. I mean, there's some interesting trips that you yeah. could go to. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, that Big Ten conference is going to be interesting. Oh sure. I mean, Oregon at Ohio State. Sure. I mean, and then when you, if you was to throw FSU in that mix, I mean, it'd be, absolutely, you know, be pretty interesting yeah. schedule. But see that that's when if I'm Greg Sankey at the SEC office, I'm I'm really having conversations of, you know, do we do something with these members, football only now, yeah, to where it is a little bit more geographical. Logically, geographically, if that makes sense, yeah. to where we have almost divisions and have some sort of combination. I, I don't know. I mean, because football, they're going to they're control the football dynamic, I think, with those two conferences. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, so no doubt. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's gonna, it, it's, it's, yeah, just stay tuned. It's going to get really Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as you said, the, the other the – other, schools in the ACC who are waiting around and don't want to be left behind in the conference without FSU and other big members and but you know Clemson ought to be in the SEC oh, you know I, I think Clemson I'm, I mean I, I hope Clemson I don't know if if well I, I I think Clemson because of the geographic location of course the proximity to Athens it would be stupid for them to not want to be in the SEC and I think even though Clemson's not a huge market television television wise the the brand is there you know I it mean is, and I think SEC would be crazy not to go after some of them North Carolina teams sure to get in that market because they're not in there right now oh absolutely absolutely I mean, I, you know if I'm Sankey I'm I'm all in on getting some of them Virginia and North yeah. Carolina well teams. and but I I think I mean Tallahassee's not a a a, a big television market. The, the, the brand, though, of FSU is what it's all about. You know, yeah. that that's what makes FSU attractive. Mm-hmm. And that's why, as you said, if they're lose, if the ACC is losing the brand of, F, of FSU, what do they got? Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it's, it's going to cripple them. 
It could. It, re- it really could. There was one other thing that happened today, this morning that I wanted to mention, and that is the College Football Playoff Board of Managers unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions inclusion in the expanded 12-team field this fall, along with the next seven highest-ranked teams. Hmm. After months of delay at the behest of the dwindling Pac-12, the decision was made on Tuesday morning in a virtual meeting of the 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame and their president. The vote had to be unanimous for the 5-plus-7 format to be approved, and the Pac-12 had either previously abstained or asked for delay as it worked on determining its future following sweeping conference realignment. Washington State President Kirk Schultz, who represents the Pac-12 on the board, told ESPN last week he would either confer with Oregon State President so-and-so and be ready to vote on Tuesday. Neither school can qualify for an automatic bid as a conference champion in each of the next two seasons, so Schultz conceded the seven at-large bids would be more beneficial to them than the original proposal of six conference champions and six at-large teams. That format was proposed before the Pac-12 lost all those teams to the Big Ten. Cal and Stafford, Stanford of the ACC and Utah, Arizona, Arizona State and Colorado of the Big 12. Um, the Pac-12 and the Mountain West have agreed to a temporary scheduling partnership in which Oregon State and Washington State, as Tommy said, the two mm-hmm. teams that are still left in the Pac-12, will play at least six Mountain West Conference opponents in 2024. So there you go. In most years, the 5-plus-7 format will assure the conference champions from the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, a spot in the playoff with the highest-ranked group of five conference champion. College football playoff intentionally won't refer to the group of five in its description of the format, though, because there is a chance that champion from one of the Power Four conferences finishes ranked below the top champion from the AAC, Conference USA, Mountain West, Sunbelt, or Mid-American Conference. For in 2021, for example, the undefeated number four Cincinnati Bearcats was the AAC champion. The ACC champion Pitt finished number 12 with two losses. In the 12-team format, the four highest-ranked conference champions will receive a first-round bye. So there you go. And you know, should have done it last year. Yeah, and I, th- <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> well, your team and my team both, right? We should yeah. should have had it uh, last year. But um, no surprise there, as as we have uh, seen that come. And I think everybody's excited about the 12-team playoff because you're not going to have. I'm not, I, look. I'm, I'm going to pledge that if Georgia is left out of a 12-team playoff because they're 13th, I'm not going to complain because I think that would be stupid. I just want them to get in there, and I think Georgia will on most occasions, and Florida State probably will on oh, most yeah. occasions yeah. with what Mike Norvell's done, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have any doubt. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. Uh, again, Jeff is uh, doing Georgia baseball this afternoon at Georgia State. That game will be at 3 o'clock, and we'll air the game here on the Superstations at 7 o'clock tonight, except in Brunswick and in Blackshear. And, of course, the dogs will be back in action this weekend against Northern Kentucky at Foley Field in Athens. We'll open up the phone lines. I like to take calls once in a while while I'm on Jeff's show here at lunchtime. If you can't join me for my show for whatever reason, 478-646-ESPN is the number. If you want to join in the conversation, we'll talk a little bit more football as well. And we'd love to see you here. We're at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. And, again, remember, anyone here in Middle Georgia, if you need a catering for a breakfast or a lunch, uh, now, Tom, I know you're not open on Monday, but oh, could you do, do something? We do dinners, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, dinners, uh, if, anything. Uh, so just call oh, yeah. Tommy and talk to him. 
he does caterings, he does events, he does the Macon Sports Hall of Fame event, does a great job. I wish he was doing the one this weekend, but that's another story. Um, and just great food and great, great pastries and the donuts. you got to come get it. And be daring, get a Shanks donut with chocolate and cream cheese. You only live once, for folks, that's for sure. And if it kills you, at least Tommy will have You'll a good a smile. Tommy will have a good promo to have on the Superstations. We'll take a break. I'm sitting in for Mr. Jeff Danzer. You're listening to The Jeff Danzer Show. Trial 24 is our time. Sitting in for Jeffrey today. He is on assignment heading to Atlanta for the Georgia and Georgia State game. This afternoon again, and uh, we're at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe, 5580 Thomas Road here in Macon. You can go online, tommysbakery.com, tommysbakery.com. Again, Tuesday through Saturday, 630 until 2. Phone lines are open if you want to join in, 478-646-ESPN is our number, 646-3776 here from Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. Uh, Don't take a lot of calls here. Of course, I'm not on at noon usually, so if you want to talk to me here at noon, you can. Uh, I had, um, of course, between now and the draft, we're going to have a million mock drafts. And Daniel Jeremiah of of uh, NFL Network has his mock draft 2.0. We can't just have the second mock draft. We have – all right, take care. We, we can only have uh, – uh, uh, 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever .0. But here's what Daniel Jeremiah, who's a really good analyst for for NFL Network, here's what he had to say. He's got Caleb Williams going to the Bears at number one. Drake May of the Tar Heels going to the Commanders at two. Then the Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. Arizona taking LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. Joe Alt, the big offensive tackle from... Notre Dame going to the Chargers at five, which, okay, and we talked a lot about Brock Bowers possibly being the pick there for Jim Harbaugh, but there's no question if he wants to protect his young quarterback, Joe Alt is a big-time offensive it's lineman. not a bad pick. Not a bad pick at all. I, I don't wouldn't go against that. Then Jeremiah has the Giants at six taking Jaden Daniels. Now, this is interesting. He he has – I don't make trade projections in mock drafts this early in the process, which is why Daniels is still available at six. I wouldn't rule out the Giants trying to move up for a quarterback, but in this scenario, Daniels falls in their lap. Now, they, they put a lot of money into Daniel Jones, the, the former Duke quarterback, so that would be kind of surprising. But, of course, quarterbacks have a shelf life in New York City of about yeah, a year and a half. Right. And I would have thought Daniels would have went to the Patriots. Yeah, That's but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people think that, that they'll go one more time with Mac Jones or either sign a different quarterback and, and go with a receiver there. And there's no question Harrison has a chance to be a breakout receiver. They might get Desmond Ritter. Well, we'll trade him for him for a ninth-round pick. This is a seven-round mock, seven-round draft. We'll trade him for a ninth. No. Um, and But that's interesting that Daniels yeah. would be available there. Then the Titans take an offensive tackle from Penn State that I will not pronounce his name correctly, so I won't even try. And then at number eight, so listen to this, Falcons fans. At number eight, Daniel Jeremiah has Atlanta taking J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback from Michigan, 
with the eighth overall pick. Now, this is something that's kind of been creeping up here recently as far as people thinking that McCarthy is going to climb up the draft board a little bit. He's starting to. Partly because of Jim Harbaugh running his mouth about how good he thinks McCarthy can be. McCarthy's a big kid, a little bit older, not too bad. I think he's 23, which I don't really mind that bad, that much. That's not really a problem for me. But uh, Jeremiah says a lot of people around the NFL expect the Falcons to be aggressive when it comes to finding a quarterback in this year's draft. They could trade up or, as they do in this case, stay at number eight and bet on McCarthy's traits. Do you know what? I, I mean, is that going to be a bad pick? Well, I mean, you know, you could you could say, all right, is he worth that high of a pick? And I think I, I need to see someone like that who's kind of on the fringe in the combine and, and not that I will see, you know, but I, I want more. I want to see more in that kind of setting before I would say that because that, to me, sounds like a little bit of a reach at eight. And, of course, the, the player that Atlanta's been linked to a lot is Dallas Turner. And Jeremiah's draft here, he is uh, he has fallen to number 11. Terry Arnold, the Alabama cornerback, goes 13th to the Raiders. Uh, Alabama's offensive lineman, J.C. Latham, goes to the enemy at number 14. Let's scoot through here. Where the hell is Brock Bowers? What are they doing? Brock Bowers falls to 18 to Cincinnati. That That is surprising. I, I don't understand that. I, I, I don't either. That that makes no sense. I mean, I think it's a great pick for Cincinnati. To, oh, no to doubt. put him with Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase, right? Yeah, he'd I do mean, good there. Oh my gosh, that would yeah, be unbelievable. He, he would do great. But there's no way Brock Bowers is the 18th best player in this draft. No, no way. I, I I don't understand why he, he's dropping like he is. Him and uh, Keon Coleman both yeah. are just falling. Well, I mean, they were bur- they were both hurt. Both, yeah. both Brock and Coleman were hurt right. this year. Yeah. So that may have something to do with it, but if Brock, got to be why. But if Brock Bowers goes to that combine and shows out, he's not going to be the 18th pick in this draft, dude. There's if I'm no sitting way. there at 18 and he's available, oh my God, you don't even <laughs> have to take your whole time allotment, do you? You just, you just kind of say, okay, I'll take Brock Bowers and run with it. So let me see who else is on this draft now. Um, um, Ad Mitchell, former Georgia receiver, now at Texas. Goes 26 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That would make sense, of course, since Brian McClendon is the new wide receiver coach there. And Amarius Mims falls to 30th to Baltimore. Of course, Todd Munkin being at at, um, at, uh, at Baltimore as the OC may make sense there as well. And uh, that's about it. So, uh, you know. Interesting. I, I, when I look at Mox, Daniel Jeremiah is one that I look at. I, I think he's really smart. I like him a lot on NFL Network. And But, man, I, I think the most shocking thing there, even besides J.J. McCarthy going to Atlanta, is that Brock Bowers would have fallen that far. And I, I just – it must be the injuries that are causing people – the injury that has some people questioning that situation there because I, I just – Talent alone, you're, there's no way that Brock Bowers is the 18th best player in this draft. There's just no. No, way. he's somebody's going to get a steal. Well, I have thought too. You know, Atlanta took Kyle Pitts at number four a couple of years ago, and of course he had an injury that has not allowed him to work out as as we thought he would. 
but you know has that high pick of that tight end there from Florida perhaps put in people's minds a little skepticism about taking a tight end high. But again, like I said about the Chargers at five, if you've got a quarterback like Cincinnati does with Joe Burrow at 18, but if you've got a quarterback like the the kid that Harbaugh's now inheriting, man, don't you want to pair him with a, either a great offensive lineman like he did in this mock draft with Joe Alt or a, a weapon. A weapon. Weapon. I mean, that I, that's just shocking to me. So, um, anyway. That that that's uh, interesting. And again, we're talking about mock drafts. It, you know, me and Tommy can start a website, BillandTommy'sMockDraft.com, right? We always say that it's just someone's opinion on the NFL, and we're going to see a thousand. But it's cool to understand how people think, especially those like a Daniel Jeremiah or a Mel Kiper or someone like that that does, in fact, um, you know, have have a kind of his ear to the ground of what's going on with teams and how they're how they're thinking right now but if Brock Bowers is the 18th pick in the draft or if he's available in the high teens if I'm Atlanta I'm trading up to get that son of a gun yeah and all these mock dra- draft guys I mean they get the first couple right and that's about it yeah after that it's, hard. it's, it's a it's a crap shoot it's hard. After it that. is a crap shoot and and, and you know what I, and I'm glad I'm trying to think of who it was over the weekend that that came out and said when when picking quarterbacks in the NFL, it's a crapshoot. There's no other way to put it. And that's why I'm so – I don't know if you heard me yesterday, but I, I was saying I was apologizing on my show that I – by the way, you have the best damn French fries, I think, in town. Tommy's sitting here with these damn wings, and, and now he's got these fries. These fries are delicious. Do you cut these daggum Every potatoes? Day. I, buy, I go through about 100 pounds of potatoes a week. Well, if you love French fries, you need to come get you some. And your wings, you you pushing your wings because you love your wings, don't well, you? Well, yeah, but we've uh, are them refried. They are this, but we're we're doing away with the wings for now because the price of them has gotten stupid. For chicken, chicken wings. wings. The, I mean, you can't afford. What's that all about? <sighs> don't don't answer. Ain't but two on a bird. I mean, you know. <laughs> Four pieces when you cut them in half. Well, you love your chicken wings, though. Yeah. You've been proud That's of your chicken wings. That's the last pack I had. Really? Is that right? I've been I'm saving them. Well, <laughs> for you. <laughs> for well, me. come get some fries. But yeah. um, I can't remember what we were talking about now because I looked down and you was eating them damn French fries. Um, I don't know. I just – You I, talking I, about – you said something on your show yesterday. Oh. I hate that I am so indifferent slash – ambiguous about what the Falcons should do at quarterback. But to me, that shows the difficulty in how every team has to decide whether or not A, B, or C is the best option when they're choosing a quarterback. I don't know what else to call it but a crapshoot. I mean, it it is so difficult to find that one. Patrick Mahomes, 10th pick in the draft, right? And that year, Mitchell Trubisky went number two to Chicago. Don't you know the Bears fans think about that all the time? And and it was and it was simply it was a general manager who, by the way, now works for the for the Atlanta Falcons, who simply thought Mitchell Trubisky. He wasn't trying to be wrong. He just thought Mitchell Trubisky could develop into a good quarterback. And then here's nine other teams passing on Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. So if, if that in itself doesn't tell you how big of a crapshoot quarterback selection is, what is? How high was Tom Brady? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, so you're you're talking about two with him and and Mahomes, two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, who were not Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, yeah, the goat you know? and the next goat, right? And, Basically, and Mahomes is on his way if he continues down this path with all the all the uh, championships he's gotten so far in his young career. So, I, you know, when I hear, oh well. Okay, J.J. McCarthy. All right, let's see what happens. I mean, that that's almost like why I was not so against Desmond Ritter. Like, well, let's see. You know, he's a third-round pick. How many NFL starting quarterbacks are third-round picks? But yet, maybe he can develop into a, a good player. I, it's just so hard. It's so difficult. And I, it is not an easy decision for Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris. And I think the only thing I have come to the conclusion of I'm very leery about Kirk Cousins, and there's an NFL projection on ESPN for mock drafts, or rather, I'm sorry, for free agencies, and there is a projection that the Falcons are going to sign Kirk Cousins. And to me, that's so risky because he's 36 years old. Is he bringing his grandkids? I know. And he's coming off an Achilles injury. Do you want a 36-year-old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury and you're going to give him $40 million? That 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 just that seems risky. Maybe they do a package deal and get old uh, boy out of New York too, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's got to come back from his injury, and he's got a better chance probably the, the ACL than the. I mean, Achilles injury's tough, man. That's not easy. That's not easy for. I mean, ask Mike Soroka. He's, it, he's popped the Achilles his not only messes with you physically, but it messes with your mind. Oh yeah. Because when you land, are you going to You're pop it again? going to do it again. And that's what Mike Soroka the Braves did. You know, he popped his twice. Yep. All right, we're at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe here. 5580 Thomason Road. He's open for lunch right now. There's a good burger on the next table. Tommy's got some french fries. They're outstanding. Great sandwiches, great salads, and, again, donuts for you to take home. Great take-home meals as well for later here at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. If you want to jump in, you can, 478-646-ESPN. We're back with more of the Jeff Dancer Show right after this. Back on the program here from Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. Thanks for joining us here on the Jeff Dancer Show. Hey, why don't we check in with the one and only Jeff Dancer, who is on his way to Atlanta. God bless him. To... uh, (laughs) deal with the uh, big game today, Georgia and Georgia State. I tell you, J.D., number one, you, you, I don't know if you heard me earlier, but you, you got to come down for a week. You can stay You can stay at South Fork with me, and, and you can stay in my Bulldog room. i got a great bedroom full of Bulldog stuff, so you'll, you'll love it. Hell, you won't want to leave the damn room. And then you can just do your show from places like Tommy's Bakery and Cafe, and then you can be on with me in the afternoon. We can go to other restaurants, and you know you'll weigh about uh, two eighty-five by the time you're through. That sounds like a great plan to me. I, I'm, I'm in. Uh, it, and uh, Bill, I mentioned this on my show earlier at a basketball game about two weeks ago. Uh, a Georgia fan kept chasing. Said, "I only got one problem with your daily show. I'm starving when it's over." I said, "Well, that makes two of us." So uh, no, we've had. I love the taco, the taco shed commercials, or are fantastic and especially hungry as we're here at the bus yard for Georgia, Georgia State down in Panthersville uh, for hopefully the last time we ever play here. 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, because they're building their stadium, right? Uh, supposedly, uh, but this is it's a facility that's uh, it, there are a lot of high schools a lot better and. Mm. Literally, there is for I guess DeKalb County. This the it's a shared parking lot with where all the school buses park, and oh, then the wow. Panthersville football stadiums over there. So it's it's one of those things too. And Georgia State's got a very good program. That what you run into, and I just talked with Coach Johnson and every coach we've ever had here at Georgia. You're coming off playing in these cathedrals in the SEC. Now Georgia just opened up at home, but kind of keeping that focus when you come to a place where all your high school stadiums were a lot better than this, uh, that that can be a bit of a challenge. So he talked to the team about that. And, and you know this very well, Bill. When you're the big dog in the state and you play one of those mid-major schools, you're going to get the best shot at them some. I don't care what the sport is. So when Georgia State or Kennesaw State, when they get the dogs or tech rolling in on the diamond, uh, you know it's usually going to be a tough game. Well, no question, and the, these state teams can can be tough. I, I tell you, I, I, I don't know how good UNC Asheville is. I don't care for for the West Johnson era to start with games that they had outscoring them 38-7. is just a great start. I'm happy for him. It seemed like the players were happy for him and have a lot of respect for him. But, but boy, these, these uh, transfers, and I know you and, and Deej are, are kind of learning them as we go along as well, but, I, I mean, it, 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 I know we're going to go into a lot of seasons for a lot of college teams with, with different sports, not knowing how teams are going to do because of new players like this. But I, I like Slate Alford's first couple of games. That's that's for sure. Amen to that, my friend. Obviously, getting the SEC Player of the Week uh, for his debut with the Bulldogs was great. And, and, and I agree with you, too. I think just when you look at the numbers – and. And Asheville, they were a 500 team last year. They should compete in the Big South this year. I mean, I get it. It's not LSU. It's not Arkansas. But it was a great start. You outscored someone 38-7. to Georgia pitched well, swung the bats well, played good defense. I think that's all you can ask for in, uh, in this day and age in sports. Uh, when, you, when you factor in the portal, there's so much transition. You know, Bill, I know we talked about this during football season. Uh, when you throw in – out of the, the top teams from 2022, how many had to replace their quarterbacks? So you look at Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama in particular, mm-hmm. there didn't figure to be that real dominant team heading into this past season, kind of like there had been with LSU in 19, Bama in 20, Georgia in 21 and 22. And so I, I think with that combination and the portal, uh, you, you saw teams maybe take a little bit longer than normal uh, to get their footing, and I think that's what you're going to see most sports, most seasons, uh, for, for as, as long as the rules are the way they are currently. Well, it, it is going to be interesting to see how um, the the transfer players kind of fit in with what West wants to do and, and with the returning players. But, you know, when you have a guy like Condon to kind of lead the way, I mean, boy, this could be one fun offense to watch. But I think everybody is more curious even than that and this pitching, I mean, it was a good start this weekend, but but do you sense that this pitching is going to take a, a tremendous leap under Coach Johnson here because of his background as a pitching coach? I think so, Bill. That's his forte. Now, I don't know how that's going to translate over to this staff. I'm not sure there's that shutdown ace out there, but I do think there are a lot of good arms. 
But what I fully expect, and I love Coach Johnson, and I, I think you're going to see Georgia pitching uh, as this program progresses. It, it's going to be similar to the Georgia secondary in football. I mean, that's Kirby's deal. He was a great player at defensive back. He coached the secondary. So you always feel like that's going to be something you can hang your hat on. And when uh, Josh Brooks, uh, Georgia's J. Reed Parker, director of athletics, when he hired Wes, I think that was one of the things he looked at. He said, this guy is a pitching guru. He's done a great job with it. I, I think it just gave us an identity out of the gate. And then Wes put together a really good staff. And, and I think when you talk about recruiting shops, as you mentioned, Bill, those uh, transfers that he was able to bring in to have an instant impact, what you got, in my book, the best player in the country, Charlie Condon there, I think it gives us uh, optimism to have a lot of success here in year number one. Absolutely. No question. And I think pitchers around the state, in particular in high schools, are going to look at Coach Johnson and really take note of the fact that this guy's been a major league pitching coach, which that is not very normal when it comes to college coaches at all, whether it's a head coach or a pitching coach on the college level. But we have a guy in Athens now that has that experience and that line on his resume, which that's going to get people's attention because it's like if you coach the highest level and decided to go back to college, uh, it, it, it can – so I can't wait to see that kind of impact on Coach Johnson as well. 100% agree with you. And I'll throw you in another factor. Uh, actually, I think it was two weeks ago, Paul Skeens was in Athens. He was working out with – with Wes Johnson's staff, and I, wow. to me, that says, I mean, I'm sure he's been to Baton Rouge, too, not just for Livy Dunn, but I'm sure he's been in Baton Rouge to work out <laughs> as well. But that said a lot to me that he, and, and Coach Johnson brought in the strength and conditioning coach, who's very good, but the fact that Paul Skeens came to work out at Georgia, I think, is a, a heck of a tip of the cap. Oh, absolutely. No question. You couldn't pay me to face that sucker. Neither he nor Spencer Strider. And, hell, they said yesterday, I don't know if you saw this, that Spencer Strider was throwing a curveball. You can forget about me getting in there against that guy or Skeens. Skeens looks like he's going to kill you just looking at you on the mound, doesn't he? No doubt. He sure does. (laughs) And, you know, talking about pitching and, uh, Bill, you you and I have talked about this so often. As I say, nobody knows the Braves better than you and, when I texted you a couple of weeks ago, your best guess for what the rotation could be, and I said, you guys just say a prayer for Georgia, for the Braves, or whoever your team is, to keep that pitching healthy. So, And I, yeah. I think you're spot on with the top four. Do you think during the season you'll see a rotation for that fifth spot, or is that something where Brian Snitker would like to see one of those younger guys or maybe a newcomer go out and actually win that fifth starter's job? Well, you know, Elder had 30 starts last year, so he's shown that he can start 30 games. I mean, he mm-hmm. ran out of gas at the end. There's no question about that. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez, you got to wonder about him as they stretch him out to, again, be a starting pitcher. He did it early in his career. How successful can he be now? Who knows? The kids, Waldrop and smith Shaver, obviously. And I tell you, Oscar Noah, who was on his way to the All-Star game a couple years ago before he beat the hell out of the dugout in Milwaukee and broke his hand, uh, he, he's back from Tommy John surgery, and he could – I don't know who's going to win it. I mean, I, I, I have no clue who's going to win this, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fun when there's a true competition in spring training for a fifth starter spot because I think the first four are excellent. But, but, you know, that's the thing, Jeff. It's like people were saying, well – 
Chris Sale, you got to keep him healthy. Max Frey, name me a pitcher in Major League Baseball that you can guarantee will stay healthy these days. It's hard. It's hard to keep these guys healthy. Well, of course, you're exactly right, and that's what every team's saying, and that's you know, one of the factors when you think about the Braves and their golden years in the 90s, not only was the trio, and even if you go back earlier to Steve Avery, not only were they incredible Hall of Famers, those guys made every start. I mean, it, it was it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's just something I think everybody kind of took for granted. So Braves fans might have uh, a little little extra burr in the saddle because of that when pitchers miss starts because Glavin and Maddox and Spoltz never did. So for the, the pitching for that last spot, you feel like it's more of a situation where this is not like, oh, my gosh, we have nobody. We're going to try these four or five guys as opposed to say, like, no, we feel like we got four or five guys who are legitimately good enough to win the job, obviously with, with option number two being the far better option. Yeah, I, th- I think they're just going to go with the best one for now and, you know, move the others around. If it's put Elder, if Elder doesn't win it, put him in the bullpen to be the new Jesse Chavez. If Lopez doesn't win it, he goes the bullpen. But if they need to move them back in for whatever reason, I, I think that flexibility, and I think teams have to have that flexibility now, again, because of the, the just the, the propensity for, for these injuries where it just happens so often. I mean, hell, think about it. Last year on opening day, Max messed his hamstring up. Well, that wasn't anything you could plan for, right? It just kind of happened, and you had to kind of adjust from there on opening day in the sixth inning. So it, it's just so it's so unpredictable. But uh, who, who we got going on the mound for the dogs to, today? Do you know? Yes, George is going to start Jarvis Evans, and hopefully he'll go around three or four innings. And then I think it's a deal where you'll probably see you know, maybe four or five guys go an inning, and, and hopefully Georgia scores a whole bunch of runs here today at the bus yard. I want to thank you for, for stepping in today. You're the best. and I, I've got to come back to Atlanta tomorrow for a meeting, but uh, you, you'll have me back, so it's a downgrade. You, you get Bill Shank for two days, then, then back to me. On Thursday, I'll be in Oxford, and on Friday at Foley Field. But I appreciate your pinch hitting, and I'm, I'm sure I'll uh, – I'll give you a call from Atlanta traffic tomorrow afternoon. Just tell Chris to have his finger on the delay button. Well, well if, the, if the ratings dip during this hour, I'll know who to blame, that's for sure. But uh, y'all have a great game tonight, today, and we'll uh, be airing it tonight on tape delay. But uh, go dogs! Let's see what happens this afternoon, okay, J.D.? Thank you, pal. Talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate you. All right, Jeff Dancer again doing the game this afternoon. At 3 o'clock with David Johnston. And, again, we will air the game coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. We've been at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. Again, call Tommy, 621-4153, 621-4153 for any catering. Come for breakfast or for lunch Tuesday through Saturday, 630 until 2, right here on Thomaston Road in Macon. This afternoon, we're at Your Pie on Bass Road in Macon starting at 3 o'clock. Thanks for being with us for the Jeff Dansler Show.